Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Hey, they were number eight when we beat them. Welcome to the LEO podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bragley. That's B R A G G L E Y. I'm here with my co host, Brandon. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich, that's Brandon spelled traditionally, Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? We are overrated. Love this. I uh, for, for those that have listened long enough, I'm from Pennsylvania, west side of the state. I've hated Penn State my whole fucking life. Um, not only is this win significant for Indiana, but uh, I, I definitely have some bragging rights for a while. Um, on my family and friend side growing up. So really excited to get into this game. Yeah, me too. So let's talk about what we're going to do here coming up. So when we started dropping these pods publicly, we started with the Wisconsin game. So almost that was our last regular season game, Um, you know, with plans to do Purdue and then Purdue again, and neither one happened. So uh, we're going to go back and discuss since we've got a little bit of free time, nothing really going on in, in the world of college football right now, other than Tate Martell going to his 27th school. Um, but <laughs> what we're going to do is discuss the the games um, one by one from week. I'm going to call it week one. It was like week 19 or something for everybody else, but week one and then work our way through. So today we get to start with our win over, as I said, they were number eight in the country, Penn State, at the time. We beat them 35-36 in overtime. Uh, let's get into it, man. Let's break the game down. We'll go quarter by quarter. Uh, I'll let you uh, get it started. Anything interesting in the first quarter? I think the very first play of the game was interesting, and it really set the tone for his entire year. Um, Tom Allen, and, and it, you, you see it a lot in college football, so it isn't just exclusive to Tom Allen, but Taiwan Mullen comes up and makes a big play on special teams right out of the gate. Um, if he misses that tackle or doesn't get it, Penn State might go to the house, and that may set the tone. Um, he tackled them on, on, on the, uh, around the 40-yard line, and Tom Allen playing the special teams, putting the importance on that early, you know, it didn't matter when we were watching it, but watching it after seeing the season he put together, again, he knows how to do the little things, uh, both both Taiwan Mullen and Tom Allen. Yeah, definitely. So in this quarter, there were some pretty interesting um, things that happened. You know, they went down the field, marched right down the field, no problem, scored. I know, remember watching this game together, socially distanced, of course. Um, we were kind of freaking out a little bit um, obviously it was first possession of the game. So, you know, we had our chance and of course three and out uh, which led to, if I remember right, that was right into that muffed punt, right? Right. No, into- no, no. So um, they're actually, that was, so again, in, in the watch through 
The only person that was impressive, Monster Matthews made some big stops to stop some big plays. They were just getting about 10 to 15 yards at a time. They go down um, again. Uh, first drive was very scary. Friar move uh, on the, on the play action right over the top, but we get a second drive stop. We went three and out. It wasn't one of Hayden Whitehead's better punts. Um, and they get the ball around midfield. And we wasn't that the one that they muffed? Wasn't it that one? No, no. So that, that, that was the third one. That was okay. We, we went, we went three and out two times in a row. It was when our second possession, Penix missed WAP for a wide open touchdown. He overthrew WAP. Um, it hit on, him in the hands. I know which one you're talking about. It was on the sidelines, but it was, I mean, it didn't hit him in the hands. Oh, no, Penix, you're not talking about the one down the middle. Wasn't that the No, first? no, this was down the sideline. Okay. It was, he, he had pressure, threw it off his back foot, but we went three and out both times. The second drive was huge. We, we, we forced them to go three and out. Then we go three and out for a third time, and then was Micah not recovering the fumble. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So yeah. we can debate about whether or not – I mean, they called it on the field as a muff punt recovered by Indiana, our football. So they had enough time, and they took forever. God, it felt like yep. 10 minutes at least um, to review it. So they reviewed it, reviewed it, reviewed it, and determined that it was not only not our football <laughs> – but they were going to throw a flag for Micah McFadden being the first person to step out of bounds and then touch the football. So to me, yeah, sure. I know that that's a rule that you can't do, but when you're reviewing possession of the football, how can you go back and assess a flag to a, to something that was not called in the first place? That's not, this isn't the NFL. You don't call this in the NBA. I'm sorry. The NFL doesn't even do this. So how can you go back and look at um, possession and then not, not, you know, not even bring up the possession? They didn't even give possession. They gave it right back to Indiana. Gave us a five-yard penalty. Had to repunt the football. Yeah, it was a it was a weird play. I mean, they got it. They got it right, in my opinion. He 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 should have grabbed it the first time. Um, again, it what, the last game we watched, it was Micah getting that blocked kick and him having no idea what to do like watching him try to recover that fumble I kind of had flashbacks of that blocked kick because he kind of again if he would have just fallen on the ball but he like slid and tried knocking it back in and then he and then he tried jumping on it before it was just you could tell <laughs> Micah is a defensive player through and through and haven't hasn't probably touched the ball in a in a really long time but it was almost a blessing in disguise, Michael, because you know, do you know what happened two plays after we punted? Yeah, that was the, uh, the Jalen, I think the Jalen Williams interception right after that. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Clifford just sails, sails a screen pass. I don't know how you do a screen, like, you know, you see a lot of times when the screen isn't there, a lot of quarterbacks will just throw it into the ground yeah. or they'll throw it out of bounds. He overthrew that screen pass by about 10 or 15 yards. Yeah. Go back and watch that play. If you, if you get a second, go back and watch it and watch Thomas Allen makes a move. Um, it's gotta be their left guard, maybe left tackle. He's coming straight up the middle, makes a move around this dude and gets right in Clifford's face. It, it kind of looked like the electric slide. 
Like yeah. he, it, it almost like he went straight 90 degrees and the, and the guard just whiffed. It was yeah. a, it was probably one of the most athletic plays that I've ever seen uh, Thomas Allen make. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going. I don't think we understood how much maybe we missed him this year a little bit. Um, but yeah, to see him do something like that was pretty impressive. But then the other, the other factor in that play for sure was us just blowing that up yep. um, on that side of the foot on the, it would have been our defense's left side of the ball there exactly like what you said there was nothing there there was no screen available there everybody was being pushed back into the running back a better quarterback throws that right into the ground yeah right like just sees that there's no play there and you just chuck it into the ground for some reason Clifford just throws it up in the air and if you look at Jalen's reaction he almost can't believe it's in his lap like the ball just lands right in his bread basket yeah. Um, there's like one NFL quarterback that I think I could probably see doing that. And that was like, uh, Maserati Mitch. Yeah. It's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, Actually, believe it or not. Definitely something Mitch Trubisky does. Exactly. <laughs> Without wow. a doubt. Who would have thought one out of 32, you pick the right one. So yeah, that was definitely a blind Trubisky squirrel, blind squirrel. Um, okay. So that's pretty much all that really happened in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, we don't get our first down, da- our first, first down until, like the first or second play of the second quarter. Um, it was, it was very scary on, on all sides of it. The play calling was bad. Big Dick Penix was bad. Run game was slow as, as it turned out to be all year. Um, but you know what bailed us out? Chucky. Chucky. We're on the same page. And I yeah, love man. it. Yeah. So um, looking back at that drive real quick before we get to the Chucky fuel goal. Um, we talked about how bad Penix was, and I, I remember this from the game, but he missed uh, Freifogel on two touchdown passes. No, one, one of them yep. hit yep. Freifogel in the hands, but I, I, you can't blame him for not catching. It was poorly thrown. He made a good jump to get it. The other one wasn't even close to him, but he was, he, he was scoring on either nope. one of those. But either way, we kicked the field goal 7-3, and uh, we're back on defense. Which? Which we think three and out right uh they might go three and out after our field goal they punt yes yeah so three and out and then we get the ball back again and then this is where you touched on the run game and you touched on big dicks as well so this is where uh stevie scott actually big dicks uh a couple people on this on this drive so he gets out on his best touchdown run of the year yeah he gets out on a this, this drive on a toss outside which is weird for him um, and showed some explosiveness around the corner, runs over a couple dudes, gets a pretty good gain, and then that pretty much sets up that drive from there. A couple of short passes along the way, some short runs, and then he bursts up the middle for a uh, it was 15 yards or so, yep. and then just runs that dude over right at the goal line. So then we take the lead, 10-7, and then we... Yeah, that was not, not, to, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but you know, if there was one thing again, because this is a season recap, game recap, I'm going to talk in absolutes a little bit here. Our second and third down and shorts were all like all very effective. I'm going to have to go. I mean, you're the stat checker, so I'll probably just ask you to do it. But I want to know what our second and third and short conversions were um, because they, they they were very good. Um, Stevie may not run for a great average, but he's falling forward. You know, the amount of times I saw us get a second and three first down, a third and two first down, um, it, it was very impressive. So 
the, the, what I put again, kind of cliche, like um, we, we ran, we got the yards we needed to get. Like we didn't not all year break a 30, 40, 50 yard run, but we got the yards we needed to get. And in this game, it was huge. Yeah, definitely. So then that sets up the next kickoff after that touchdown and the kickoff, I bring that up. Obviously we kick off after you score a touchdown, but we bring that up because they muff the kickoff bunch of muffs, bunch of muffers in, in Penn state, but love me a good muff. So, so they muff the, they muff the kickoff here and they can't figure out what to do with it. So then they end up getting tackled at the five. And then that's where we set up my boy making uh, the second big play of the game. Oh yeah. You're, you're, your boy for sure. Um, but did your boy really do anything? It was more the pass rush that made this interception. Um, hey, he he caught it. I mean, that that is important. Not, I mean, as a Steelers fan, I watched Ike Taylor drop about a million interceptions. And your um, receivers. So, so it's, ouch, uh, ouch. Um, but yes, I mean, it was all Cam Jones going right up the middle. That's one thing I loved about a Kane Womack defense is is the different stunts and the different ways the linebackers came up the middle and he absolutely did not see the safety because his line of vision he, he locked into baby gronk which is a terrible nickname um and jamar johnson again landed right in his lap so um i'm not going to take anything away from your boy because you do have to make the catch as a db um but that that interception was all done by the front four and a, a kane womack blitz yeah, for sure. So then that sets up an easy touchdown from there because we're at about the four, three or four yard line. So Stevie scores again, 17-7. And you would think we would coast into halftime from there, but no. In typical IU football fashion, we give up a giant drive, um, which again ends with somebody that we just got done talking about making another big play. What happened there, Brandon? Now this, again, in retro, in a game of a lot of big plays, in my mind, this was the third biggest play of the game. They're, they're probably going to get seven. They're at least going to get three. He comes out of like a bat out of hell on a blitz. And it's an RPO, which is going to work. He is going to keep that ball. And there's nothing but sunshine to the right of him. But he blows it up too early that Clifford is in between pulling or keeping and he gets a strip sack um, that let that leads into a Jamar Johnson, um, a Jamar Johnson recovery. It, it is it is absolutely huge. Yeah, I know you hate the big red dog, but I I got to give him a little bit of credit here. It wasn't him. It was that uh that other fucker number seven. Oh it, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna blame everything on the big red dog. He's <laughs> one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. So I know that Penn we State. kind of think we're good at third downs, but from what I can tell, we're not that great. Like middle of the pack in the country, seventy fourth as far as uh, third down conversions per game. I don't know if that's what you wanted or not. But that's about as good as I could find. Yeah, that see, that's why you do the fact checking and I just make up bullshit. I'm still gonna say we're a good. See, caveat: what you're not seeing is our third and short conversions, which is what I said. So, uh, dial yeah. that one up, you nerd. I'd say we're like at least top ten on those for sure. Of course, of um, course. Okay. Who so then, this way? is this is where I we got into a little bit of an argument. I think at the house when we were watching, six feet oh, apart okay. from each other, of course. One know, of many. Yeah, I did and, not throw anything at you. This no, time. 
and we were yelling in different directions so that nothing spread. So um, I'm screaming, take a knee, take a knee right here. 22 seconds left or whatever it was when we get the ball back, take a freaking knee under a minute. And what do they do? They hand the ball off to Stevie Scott, three yards. I'm watching the game again. I watched it twice since the last time. And you can see Tom out. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Why, why are you rushing? Like, so it's like, all right, cool. We ran the ball once. Nothing really happened. Let's take a knee. Let's get to halftime. Nope. They try to run the football. We fumble. They get the ball back with a chance to kick a field goal. And then Dr. Klankenstein comes in and, and misses the easiest field goal, 25 yards. I mean, it's shorter than an NFL extra point. So that's the half. We're up seven. Yeah. I mean, again, um, I, I definitely shampooed effect from the night before. Um, so I, I was, I was a little drunk for this game. Um, so if I was advocating that it was the right decision to run, I'm an idiot. Um, I, I, I have, uh, shut up. Uh, I have in my notes, why didn't you kneel coaching malpractice? Um, that, I mean, again, that's right out of the Jeff Brom playbook. If we're going to talk about, um, ways, ways to call in game, in game football, uh, I mean, it just it's it's so obvious there. It, it's one of the many malpractices from both sides. I mean, I'm not going to let Franklin off the hook either. He made some absolutely boneheaded decisions in this game. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that's yeah. If there's one knock on on Tom Allen, it's a little bit of his situational awareness um, going all the way back to the Gator Bowl. You know, if there's one thing that he just and and, and I think that just comes from not having enough head coach experience. Um, is what I think that comes from, but yeah, no, that, that could have been so fucking huge. And we dodged a bullet because of, uh, what'd you call him? Clankenstein? Dr. Clankenstein. God, I missed, I missed his PhD. That's on. <laughs> so, uh, halftime 17, seven, we can talk about the third quarter if you want. Uh, the only thing well, really- I, do, I do, I do, I do. I, I my, my only thing on the second, the, the third quarter so many times we could have put our foot on our throat and put them away. Um, it Penix just missed so many throws in the third quarter. Again, I'm, I'm going to be able to know this cause we're going to do a, a rewatch. This third quarter might've been his worst third quarter, his worst quarter of football in the whole season. And, and I'm including the Maryland game. Um, I would like to see just his third quarter stats alone. Cause he was horrible. I mean, if we go up 24-7, even if we go up 23-7, you know, it's, it's a totally different game. You can't let a, nobody is seeing this because this isn't video, a good team hang around. And that's exactly what the third quarter was for Indiana. They were good. They were good at the time. Number eight in the country. I'll keep saying that until I die. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, either way, he's bad. Big Red Dog gets a big run at one point on a second and 16, which is totally inexcusable um so so so, uh, let's talk about that let's talk about that run and many of the other runs what did we see a lot in that bowl game a lot of quarterback runs a lot of quarterback runs and a lot of missed tackling at the second and third level Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that i don't know like maybe i just forgot about because we made so many big defensive plays throughout the year but that's definitely something i'm going to watch during our rewatch is how our second and third level tackle because it wasn't just the big red dog making plays 
like a few wide receivers broke tackles the the gain 10 or 15 extra yards a running back would turn an eight yard run into a 15 yard run our, our our second and third level tackling was especially bad in this game um so that that's that's just a little minor thing minor major whatever uh that I, that i'm gonna that i'm gonna key into um because it, it it reared its head in the fourth quarter yeah yeah for sure so fourth quarter this is what i wrote down next to fourth quarter We've cussed enough already. Uh, stuff goes down. So it all really starts with that with that drive. There's that targeting call on Marshall that gets uh, I don't he doesn't need his name repeated. I don't even know what his name is. Number forty on Penn State. He's gone, and then Chucky Chucky boots another one through, and then we're up again. A little bit of a cush, a little bit of a cushion, up twenty to fourteen at that point, and then there's uh bunch of trading punts back and forth with each other which again like what you talked about we just just put them away you got to yep. finish it you got to finish it off so we punt back and forth back and forth and then i'll let you kind of tell me what you think about this at uh about two minutes and 30 seconds to go is when uh when iu football goes full iu football we all and anyone that's watched this team knew the miscommunication, was it Jamar Johnson? Was it Jalen Williams? Was was it a linebacker that didn't drop enough? I mean, it, was it wasn't clearly, Jamar Johnson. I can tell you it, that much. It was clearly a busted coverage. Well, he, he was actually, he he finished being the closest person. They may have just been his closing speed, but he was the closest person to the to, to the guy who scored. Um, but that doesn't mean it's fault. I mean, you see that a lot. You A, a guy, you see, again, you see Minka Fitzpatrick as the last guy. That's just because a playmaker can try to make a play. Um, so, yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying it was his fault. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's two and a half minutes left and busted coverage and wide open touchdown. Clifford actually underthrew him. Like, if there was actually a defender within five yards, he underthrows him, and it either, A, ends up an easy deflection – or it turns into the Joe Flacco play where it's a, where it's a pass interference because that's an underthrown ball. Um, but either way, it was a bad throw by Clifford and still a walk-in touchdown. And all of our heads just sunk. Yeah, because we knew that our best player, I, I would say he's our best player, our, our best player has been trash the whole game. And we had no faith in our offense really doing anything without our defense setting them up to do anything. So what do they do? They come out. And when we need to move the football forward, we moved it backwards. Fourth and four 21, points. bro. Fourth <laughs> and 21. And what happens again, though? Yeah. Yeah. So they get the ball hey, back. No, 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 oh, no, 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 talking? no. Oh, where, he, where he's missing open receivers? Well, yes. Penn State clearly targets Freifogel. Oh, Some guy launches into his head. And I wouldn't make this an emphasis if it wasn't in the broadcast. Both the play-by-play and the color guy. I think it was actually the color guy first was goes, oh, that's targeting. That's a first down. Penn State just gave them a first down. And, and they're like, and then they rewatch the play and they're and and the play-by-play guy goes, I don't know how they don't call uh, a targeting on that. And there's nothing and there's absolutely nothing. And again, normally we don't get a announcer, you know, backing, especially against a team against Penn state. Right. 
Um, I, I don't remember that being such a controversial play, but oh my God, that, that might be all we're talking about for weeks if this game ends differently is a very blatant targeting on that Fry Fogel interception on fourth and 21. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'll let you do that. You can stand there. I'll let you have that one. Of course. I'll let you have it. So I, I just, it's inexcusable. You just don't do that anyway. So, um, so they get the ball back and, uh, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, <laughs> Todd Gurley. And, and, and homeboy scores a touchdown, untouched 14 yards out. And as he's running towards the goal line, is staring over at his sideline, like, oh, shoot. And then just kind of like forward momentum's his way in there. But if he didn't do it, uh, your boy B Fitz was about ready to take his head off from behind. Like he was full on sprinting right into his back. So here's my other Jeff Brom moment of, of the week um, is just kneel the ball. Like, why are you even running? That's true. Like, just, just kneel the ball. Even I, I do remember I, you had one timeout and it was like that weird, a minute 50 something where if they would have kneeled it four times, they would have still probably had to kick a field goal with like, 13 seconds left or 10 seconds left up four. And, and then, and then what are the chances IU scores with 10 seconds left on like the 30, right? It's not going to happen. So they, again, just epically dumb, even more dumb than Tom Allen's not Neil was, was Frank, even if, even if Franklin, because again, you see him looking at the sideline, you see Clifford motioning go down. So it was clearly communicated but why even put your player in that position that yeah. like, I don't blame the running back. I 100% blame the coach on even making that an option. Like, and, and again, knowing a lot of Penn state fans, they hate Franklin. Like it, again, we, we know there, it's not quite Harbaugh level of disdain, but it's definitely up there. Like fr- fr- Franklin has almost lost the fan base. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So don't, I mean, you said stupid. There's going to be a lot of stupid in the next, like, what is it? 44 seconds or whatever left of the game or however much is left, like a minute 50. The amount of stupid that happens in a minute 50 in this game is insane. So first off, for the kid, the 28, whatever, I don't even know. He's probably going to be in the NFL in like a year and be an all pro. I don't even know his name though, but that dude, everybody knows that if you're you're a gamer and you've got you get that football you're only thinking one thing anyway every single time you're thinking oh, for, the ball straight forward you're not it going anywhere not his fault it is 0% yeah. his fault devin so, ford yeah devin, devin ford. ford that's who it was yeah what year let me look he's i have a freshman access. i think he's a freshman he's a stud he's good yeah sophomore sophomore sophomore, sophomore. sure so either way we get the ball back we're down 8 and our stud shows up finally. Jesus. But but let his stat line before this, 9 to 21, 93 yards and an interception. He's literally thrown for less than 100 yards, under 50% completion. And you and I were feeling pretty confident. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. Um but either way, dude goes, I don't even, I don't know. I, I don't have his like definite stats in front of me, but there are a couple things that bothered me a lot on this drive. Like it made me very nervous, uh, knowing the results already, but still watching the game again, the, the needle point 
throws between getting his head knocked off and getting the ball in between the defender and the receiver that he made on this drive. Which, which back foot falling down off balance in traffic throw are you talking about? Because there's about a three or four of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the one, the one that really will stand out for you if you go back and rewatch is the Jacoby Hewitt catch around the 10 yard line or so the seven, I think is where it's, where it's at. I think the Swinton one was nicer, but yes. Well, I think the Hewitt one's nice because it's a, it's good. It's on him too. And that dude slices right. I mean, if he misses a half inch to the left, to his yeah. left at all, that's no way that ball gets completed. Yeah. The only reason I say the Swinton one is because the Swinton was on third down. Yeah, that was um, a big play. And, and Swinton freshman. had to – I mean, we're obviously going for it on fourth down, so it isn't like, you know, we, we have another down. But it was third and nine, and Swinton goes up and grabs it with two hands. Um, you know, I they don't do this for college, but, you know, you see that with NFL, like the percentage of that pass being completed. That had to be an under 10, under 20% pass that gets completed. Um, I was so bummed. N- not seeing more of Swinton after we saw after what I saw of him on this drive yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, we saw a little bit of it, but not not enough. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see a lot of it next year, but we'll talk about that in a different pod. One of the other things that really caught my attention was at the very beginning of the drive, we got a face mask call when he got just a totally unblocked blitzer coming off the edge. Dude didn't touch it. He touched his, he grabbed his shoulder pad. He didn't so touch it, it, anything on his helmet at all. And now granted Penix, he didn't sell it. He didn't flop. He didn't do anything stupid. He turned his head because that's the way the momentum was going to go from the hit anyway. And we got lucky with that call. I don't know if that would have changed the game, but that's so uh, it was on 35 first, yard or 30 yard difference. It was on first down. So you're right. I mean, it would have been second and 19, second and 20 with probably under 40 seconds left. So, yes, it, it, it was a very big play. Um, it looked it looked like Bobby Boucher on the water boy. Like he like clotheslined that dude. You're, yeah. you're right. Like he had to hit him with his either forearm or, or, or above. Like he just straight clothesline Penix. And again, the back judge is behind. So if you see someone get whipped down like that, it's probably an automatic flag. Um, but yeah, no, that's, a, it was a definitely a, a minor play that could have been, uh, could have changed the game as, as a lot of this could have went down. Yeah. And so we talked about the passes. We don't need to go pass by pass all the way down there. Either way, we get down to the hinder shot catch up against the goal line was really close score, not score. He didn't score. It doesn't matter. So we get in there second and goal. Now Penix uh, makes a, a big play on, on a keeper uh, out toughs a guy at the goal line, gives him the little, the little flex right over the top of him. That was pretty, that was pretty dope. And then that sets up the two point conversion, which uh, uh, either way, let's, let's, it was, yeah, it was, it was. So, so I have a question because sure. the, the broadcast, made it seem like it was a two-point convert or a uh, a draw the whole way. I think it was an RPO. Not an RPO, but, like, I think Penix just saw right away that they were in, like, there was no spy, and I think that was a choice by him. I do not think it was a quarterback draw. Um, the receivers, so I went back and watched it about a half a dozen times. The receivers are running routes. 
Um, the, it's a definitely a pass blocking, not a like you want when, when it's a quarterback draw, the linemen are trying to move forward. The linemen are moving out. Like if you watch the receivers and the linemen, that's telling me it was a pass play. And it was just a read by, by Penick saying like, Oh, there's no spy. I'm just going to walk right in. Yeah. No, um, this kid is, this kid is incredible. His football IQ is insane. We just, he's got to stay healthy and he can't have games like this. He can't have well, games uh, yeah. like Maryland. It's that's games that's like okay. Penn state, dude. Let's, let's not forgive him for the game he played uh, again. He made the plays when he, when he needed to make them, he was a gamer, but this was an atrocious game by Penix. Yeah. Like let's, let's not get away from that. So let's, let's move on. We're tied. We're going to overtime. No big deal. Uh, except for the fact that Jared Smolar decides that he's going to just like, I don't even know, not even a squib, something between a squib and an onside kick while we're just waiting for him to boot it deep. And they give him the ball at the 50 yard line. I, I'm sorry. Our 49 yard line. So they're within 14 yards of a comfortable field goal. Who wants to lose more Franklin or Tom Allen at this point? <laughs> Cause it's fucking embarrassing because you could tell he was obviously mad at himself, but he was trying to do something that the coaches told him to do. But that wasn't, uh, that was not Allen that told him though. That it was it wasn't Allen. Tom Allen, but again, heavy lies the crown. Like yeah. you're, 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 you're a product of your coaching staff. Um, just kick the fucking ball deep. Like if you're scared of a run back, then, then that says more about you than it does anything else. Yeah. Kick the ball deep, man. Um, again, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as Franklin's not Neil, but Oh my God, this, it was a tough game to watch. If you're not a fan of either one of these teams, cause there was a, an epic amount of stupidity. Definitely, definitely. So then they sit there and, and they scare the shit out of us when, when the big red dog runs for nine yards on first down and they're out to the 40. For us, that's a comfortable field goal with our field goal kickers. Chucky. Seven yards. Cooks out, but, so they bring on this weird specialist guy of theirs or something and not their normal field goal kicker who had missed two field goals already. Um, what, Dr. Klankenstein. Uh, so they bring out this other guy and I just sent our producer a picture of what you and I were doing at the time, <laughs> basically praying over each other while not praying, but uh, that's a different. Podcast. We were not socially distancing at no. that point because we were about a half a dozen shots deep. Praying or kissing? Well, that was after the miss. I may have gotten a little peck on the cheek um, because he missed it. And but it my God, it, it, it took until that ball hit the ground that uh, we knew that he actually missed the field goal. So that that finally hey, that that, ang that angle that they had from yeah. behind the field post it looked good yeah I mean it, it it looked good the whole way um we were we were both standing behind your couch and I did like a full bend over like I didn't even actually see it land like I I just thought it was in I thought it was just it's over Penn State or IU is IU'd again somehow um and and incredibly it it did not happen. I'm not sure this podcast exists. Granted, we've been talking about it for for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that this exists 
if that field goal goes in because not because I would have done anything to myself. I just don't know if I could have like, I don't know. Again, uh, all three dozen listeners, um, that we have here. Um, it, it took until all the way until the Wisconsin game for us to be like, Oh, oh people will listen. Like I use relevant enough to listen. So <laughs> this, this was certainly, this game was certainly the springboard. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt, there's um, no doubt about that. So over time, we, I don't, I don't care to talk about their drive, whatever Easy. they Easy. score. Yeah. They score 35, 28, our ball. Uh, again, everything's everything's cake until we get down to the uh, eight. We got second and goal on the eight. We have an incomplete pass or a complete pass, which might as well horrible play pass. calling. Terrible. We, do a, we do a halfback dive at the nine to get us one yard. And then we do again. I, I gave Sheridan big credit for this season because I think he he called a great season. But this drop like this set of plays was horrible halfback dive halfback swing and then a back shoulder into the end zone michael like all three of those are low percentage plays yeah those are three consecutive horrible play calls on first and goal from the nine so that's the thing and we'll we may talk about it in the upcoming pods on the other games i don't know if we will or not but that formation for us on that third down that trips with wop i think he's the back guy on that where he runs that corner out of that was open all season. I mean, to the point to where the the play-by-play guys were just calling it. Hey, look, they're going to run this corner out of this. It's going to be open. It was open every single time. Beautiful ball, perfectly placed, good catch, not great, good catch, one foot in, touchdown, and then that's it, man. We're not we're not going to settle for a second overtime. We just go for it. Do we? We don't need to talk about it, do we? He scored. That's it. We got a two-point conversion. We win the game. It's over. Don't listen to the radio I, call. The radio call is depressing. I'm not going to talk about the stretch. What I do want to talk about is exactly what I talked about on the two-point conversion. That wasn't a bootleg the whole way. That wasn't a quarterback. You know what do they call it? Court quarterback strong or, or, or whatever. When 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 it's the strong side of the lineup playing. He just tucked it and ran because of his high IQ. I mean, you said it five minutes ago. He saw, oh, there's no spy. I can get to the corner of the end zone. He's like, all I have to do is beat this like lineman to the to the pylon. Now, Penn State has some dudes. I mean, that I don't know how big that lineman was, um, but he 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 made a heck of a play chasing down chasing down Mike. Um, but again, it just shows that like. He tucked it right away, saw what he needed to see, diagnosed it, and and he got in, um, regardless of whatever East Coast uh, Penn State boys have to say about it. You know, they're not from the Steel Town; they don't know what they're talking about. They can go, they, they can go back to Jersey and uh, cry. You're gonna get me killed on Facebook and Twitter now from these people that listen to this shit. Nobody from Pennsylvania goes to Penn State. It's it's all New York City, Philly. Well, we don't claim Philly as Pennsylvania either. Fucking trash. Um, it's 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 all Jersey, New York City, and Philly that go to Penn State, and they're all they're all they're all clowns, and uh, and and we showed them. So let's go Hoosiers. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. We got a long time until the season starts again, but I'm glad that you're pumped. Uh, so I hate Penn State. <laughs> so, uh, man, 
we won the game, but it 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 took me until I think today to really understand or to really get to the point of trying to ask myself how why did we win this game? We were so bad, and the reason we won takeaways obviously missed field goals and just like terrible clock management by Franklin. That's it. We got lucky to win this game. We played well enough to hang in there and keep it tough. And that last drive was huge. And overtime obviously is, is going to live uh, forever with IU football, but we should not have won this game. Nine times out of 10, we don't win this game. Nine times out of 10, it's not close. I don't know if it's nine times out of 10 and regardless of how many stats our producer pumps into our chat and to our ears, I think Penix made more plays than Clifford made big plays. I mean, he, he had that one good throw, but his receivers bailed him out and it's, it's, it's getting to become a cliche on this show. Um, if you have the better defense and you have the better quarterback, you're going to win games. Yeah. That's just, that's just like football isn't hard. Have the better, have the better quarterback, have the better defense, and you're going to win a lot of football games. And it was, it was this game and it was the whole season. And a, a lot of this game, again, you can talk about the luck and you can talk about a lot of the things that had to go our way. But in, in my rewatch of this game, that was the two things that stood out to me. Definitely. So speaking of standing out, transition uh what were some major moments big plays what made this game for indiana if you want to give me like two to three of them yeah so i'm, I'm gonna stay away the, stay away from the two Penix plays because they're fucking obvious right um I, i'm gonna say the forced fumble by jamar johnson going into the and go going to end the first half was probably the most significant um you know that's that's a four point swing. I mean, they are a seven point swing. Cause they missed, uh, they missed the field goal at the end of half. And then again, I know you kept uh, that Hewitt grab um, Hewitt and Swinton um, just two guys that we going into the season didn't know if we could rely on. Um, so the, the, the Jamar Johnson forced fumble. And then th- those two grabs on that position or that possession were just absolutely huge. Yeah. Yep. You took both of uh, the two that I actually had written down, even though I told us both to write like four or five of them. So, um, but I'll just come up with the other, the other two that I, that I wrote down today. Uh, the fourth and one that where we stopped them in the fourth quarter, there was about five minutes to go. They had the ball on our 25 yard line, 25 yard line. They're down seven points with fourth down stop five minutes to go. They haven't, we haven't done anything offensively for two quarters at that point. So again, poor coaching, but big time play and fourth and one, they were going to go for the win right there. We stop them, get the ball back and punt, but it's, it is what it is. The other big play, I think, um, uh, was there was a there was a hinder shot catch um in the f- oh man second quarter on that first touchdown drive of ours hindershot hindershot made a catch on second and 9 i want to say or second and 10 made a big play and i think he made a statement in that game um that 
didn't hold up the rest of the year for him, which we can talk about Hendershot's disappointment in a different pod. But um, how many games did he almost cost us, Michael? At least two. Um, we, he almost we, cost we, us we, this game, didn't he? Well, didn't that's that's the first game. That's the first game. And then there was a game later in the season, too. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's third down and nine wide open over the middle. We didn't touch on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hendershot clearly, um, had a disappointing year. Uh, we, we've talked about it on, on other pods. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's that, that fourth down stop was huge. Uh, again, this is turning into a Chucky Campbell, uh, appreciation pod. Um, but him able to outkick, like, again, again, the little things, you know, I talked about it at the start of this podcast on special teams. He goes two for two kicking field goals, two for two extra points, and we need every single one of them. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about our players of the game, and then we'll get ready to uh, wrap up this one here real quick. Yep. I'll let you start on offense. Who's your player of the game? Good luck. What, what, what a transition. <laughs> what a transition. Again, I'm just saying, I'm saying Chuck Campbell. Um, again, he, he scored eight points. Um, I, I'm not going to take the layup. I'm going to let you have it because um, people can just get used to me talking about, about this guy. I, I said he was an NFL kicker on the last pod. Um, he just, he's so reliable. So he, he's my offensive player. Is it his hair? Do you just love his hair so much that like, is that where you flow. need to talk about him all the time? Got great flow. Very jealous. <laughs> I love Charles Campbell. Um, so my offensive player of the game is actually Stevie Scott. His average per game, his average rush, not great. Under three. But the dude, he made big plays in that second quarter. The big 15-yard run, I think that's what set the tone for us. We, we took this game pretty much dominated this thing uh, the pretty much the whole first half outside of that first drive. Um, and I think he really set the tone there. And then on defense, I'm going to go first so you don't steal him again. Uh, actually, let's do this. I'm going to say our corners in general, our entire defensive backfield is my player of the game. Reason being, uh, Clifford threw for 238, but he didn't have anything impressive outside of that one throw um, where he did get behind on, he was scrambling in that. So there had to have been some sort of mis miscommunication there, but the plays that were made this, I mean, I agree with you Re recent, recent Taiwan are great, but it's absolutely a, a crime that you didn't take Jamar Johnson. Just say Jamar Johnson. Everyone knows you love him. Just say it. It's just, it's just like a broken record at this point. So yeah, Jamar, I'll just take Jamar Johnson. Give me Jamar of, Johnson. Of course it's jamar johnson um i'm gonna take our, our leading tackler uh our, our guy that uh again he while he plays at the second level he he often plays in the backfield uh micah mcfadden uh leading tackler um just made a lot of little plays throughout the game um that that were so huge cam jones had a really really good game i've been hard on him um over the last couple pods but he, he was he was significant in this game. So I think our linebacker play was just one of the again, we will see in, in the rewatches, but hard to get better linebacker play that, than we had in this game. 
you wouldn't know it by the score line. Um, but yeah, I agree. Man, they ran, dude. I'm looking at the stats now for Clifford just to see if I could back any of that up. Like the running backs were not great. Three point nine yards. Uh, no. Seven four. Yeah. Three point nine. Three point nine a carry. Three point five a carry. But Clifford, man. He had two big runs, and then and, and 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 our secondary missed tackles. It's fine. All right. So before we move on to what we're going to call our end of our game reviews, which are going to have the uh, significance of the win. I mean, we're we're, we're, we're going to skip our uh, our segment that you brought up last week. Brandon's well, questions. Well, that's coming up. That's coming up. Okay, okay, I'll get there. Okay, okay. I'll get there. So significance of the win and then grade uh, of the win. And then uh, we'll get to Brandon's question. So before we do that, we're going to have a little bit of a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is the Monon Track Club. Today's episode is sponsored by the Monon Track Club. It's Indiana's running brand, and they're built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add Indiana's running culture. Check out their shirts, hoodies, stickers, hats, whatever you need to run or just swag out when you're just walking down Broad Ripple Avenue or walking around your hood in Noblesville with your MTC gear on. Check it out. It's owned by an IU alumni, so support a small business. And uh, as a thank you to all of our listeners, MTC is offering their customers, our customers, our listeners, 10% off their purchase to learn more Check out monontrackclub.com and use the code LEO10. That's LEO10, LEO10 at checkout. Check out the link in the show notes. Now, tell me how significant this win was for the Hoosiers. Monkey off back. Again, we've been so close. We were close against Penn State. I'm not going to go through all the games. We've been close. It, that was the significance that we could actually do it. That for me, that was everything as a fan. I can't imagine what it was for a coach or a player. Monkey off back was, was the significance for me in this game. Program changer. That's significant. Program changer. That's Definition it. You know, of. I'm tired, I'm tired of hearing. Oh man, Tom Allen's turning this program around. They got to the Gator Bowl last year. What happened to the Gator Bowl last year? And lost. Good old. Not, don't, dude. I'll shut it off. I'll shut it off. Uh, so you know, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of it. You know, exactly like what you said. The last second wins. This is the biggest win I think at the time. Again, number eight in the country at the time. This was the biggest win, in my lifetime as far as i understand from what i remember i'm not going to say at oregon or at missouri was a big bigger win than this this is it this is penn state top 10 uh only one i remember so that's what i'm going to say a program changer because that that carried the momentum through the rest of the season for sure gave the guys enough confidence to get through those road games and deal with the conditions and yeah and, and also, so, because, you know, I always have to have the last word at every segment. How many times could you say we have better players than Penn State? We, we don't recruit at the level Penn State does. And we will never 
recruit at the level Penn State does. Um, we had better players on both sides of the ball at almost every level. Um, that was another significant thing. For We had a better quarterback. We had better linebackers. We had better corners. Now, I think their skill position players were better than ours. And, and obviously, like, Penn State's going to have better players than us. But we had, like, we, we weren't, it wasn't because their players were bad. We had better players than them at significant positions. That was also the thing that stood out to me in this game. Yeah, I totally agree. And as I said, I think the last time we had better players than them was maybe 2013. And I want to say they were coming off of some like messed up self-imposed suspension or something. I mean, outside of Allen Robinson, uh, IU had better players all the way around with, with Tico and, and Sudfeld. Does Allen Robinson go into the Colts? I wish. We need a quarterback too. And no, you should tackle. get Juju. You should bring TikTok to Indy. We don't need two scat little baby wide receivers. God, Juju would love. It. I would love to be like downtown on Mass Ave and just see and fucking Juju doing his TikToks. Or quarterback, by, by, quarterback. The, by the Indy sign. Yeah, that'd be fucking great. What's I your grade Juju. for? What's your grade? I don't want to talk about Juju anymore. What's your grade for the, for this one? Uh, overall. I'm doing offense, defense, and special teams because I like things complicated. Offense, I'm giving it a D. Defense, B plus. Special teams, A plus. Overall, I'm giving this a C minus or a a C plus overall. We played above average. Like you, you said, we win this game one out of ten times. I disagree. I think we win probably three or four out of ten. But we we played just okay we played fine and we won a game against at the time number eight in the country um our special teams again Hayden Whitehead Chucky um some of the plays we made uh you know to limit their returns um this was led by special teams and defense and I I can't wait to see where this shakes out uh throughout the year but yeah a D on offense despite scoring you know 36 points I'm giving the the whole thing. I'm not going to break it down. C minus. The only reason it's a C minus is because we won the game. We lose the yeah. game. It's a, we're not that far off. I gave C plus. You gave C minus. I mean, we're we're not that far off. Yeah, we lose that game. It's a fat F, dude. Big fat F. Because we we had that game. As I said, if you watch that game, that second quarter turned everything around, and we were dominating. Even if they were going to go down and score and go up 14 to 17, I had no doubt in my mind that we couldn't move that ball on them. And then, of course, the third quarter comes around. We can't do anything, nothing. And then we had, you know, we, we don't need to go back through the game again. But a C- minus for me uh, for the win. An A-plus, this is going to sound so cheesy, man, but like an A-plus for the heart, for the heart of the team. That is cheesy as fuck. Yeah, I'm going to give it that, man, because they just don't quit. They don't quit. They don't to uh, I was going to say to quote your boy, your coach, but to quote our coach says the same thing. We didn't blink. We just kept going and we kept loving each other, bro. So tell me about uh, what are these questions? Let's go to Brandon's Brandon's. Yeah, so I have, I have one corner. significant one, but you brought up Mike Tomlin. So um, to go back to the significance of the win, what does Mike Tomlin always say? The standards, the standard. And now IU has a new standard. Splash. 
Um, and, and, and that's, that's what the significance was, was we can beat, we can beat a top 10 team in the country and, and, at the, and time. You know, at, at the time. So, you know, we, we have a new standard at IU football enough, enough Mike Tomlinisms. So my, my question for you, Michael, uh, I, I have, I've one. this is the major one. I have kind of a, um, a, a, another funny question, but my, my other one is how many coaches in the big 10 East would you take over James Franklin? <laughs> is it all of them? No, or is it? No, 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 no. So I take Greg Schiano over him. No, Absolutely. let's go through them. Let's go through them. Let's go through them. Uh, dude in Maryland. No. I'd take Loxley over. Have you seen the way he's been recruiting at Maryland? Could you imagine if Loxley was at Penn State? I'd take Loxley over Franklin. He's done more with what he's had at Maryland than what James Franklin's had at Penn State. My list is shorter of who I would take than who I wouldn't take. I'm not taking Harbaugh. I'm definitely taking Harbaugh over. I would take Day over him. I would take Allen over him. I would take... Who else is even in our conference or in our division? As uh, not the dude at, at Michigan State. Too early to tell on that one. That's uh, he's, it. He's the only one I would take. Um, thank you, thank you, producer, uh, producer, Handa McCock, um, Mel Tucker. Yeah, I, I would take I would take J- James Franklin over Mel Tucker, and I think that's Shirt it. Tucker. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, James Franklin is horrible. And everyone's saying can't wait for Harbaugh to be here another six years. I can't wait for James Franklin to stay. Like I'm waiting for James Franklin to jump ship to, to go to the pros. Um, and trust me, everyone else from Penn state is, they can't stand the guy. I love, you know, I, so follow up question to that. Where would you put Tom Allen in the big 10 East? Two. Definitely two, two. Definitely. I don't, do. I don't think Ryan Day is that good of a coach, though, either. I'm not going to say that he's not a good coach. One B. Let's put him one B. Yeah. Yep. I mean, because if if Tom Allen had those athletes, like that recruiting class, those recruiting classes, those five star kids. I mean, look at this dude. This dude had like what? No head coaching experience or very little head coaching experience coming in to Ohio state. And then he's a coordinator. And because of, you know, whatever tattoos and everything else, he, he becomes a head coach, head of a coach, juggernaut. by the way, urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguar. That's, um, he can't recruit. In the my NFL. last semi-serious, not serious answer it how you want. Do we win this game with Jack Tuttle as our quarterback? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Just well, you know what? Watching though, this dude. game, Penix was so bad. Yeah. Like we we saw Tuttle against Wisconsin. We saw Tuttle against Ole Miss. I was watching Penix this game, and I was just like, man, maybe again. I I'm gonna watch subsequent games, and Mike Ten- Mike Penix is gonna be a stud. But I left watching this saying, hmm, is Penix a little overrated? Um, which we're not going to answer that. Don't even answer that. Don't even answer that. No. But do you think, again, the, the, the question is, could we have won this game with Jack Tuttle? Yes, maybe, no. <laughs> awesome. Yes, maybe, awesome. no. 
Yes, maybe. No. Uh, good old Tuttle time. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it was really fun. Again, this, this win was unbelievable. I'll watch this. This was the fourth time I've watched this now. I'm probably going to watch it another handful of times before next season. It's just such a fun game. Definitely. We have a not fun game, not so fun game. Maybe it's fun game is fine. We won. It was easy, but this will be our longest podcast. Our next week might be our shortest podcast. Probably this is we've been on there. Yeah, we've been on there pretty long, haven't we? This is going to go min hour 20. You're welcome. Um, so we've got Rutgers next at Rutgers. Uh, that was a Halloween game. We'll talk about the win at Rutgers next. Brandon. We won't have as much to say, I promise you. You can only talk about Noah Vedral for so long. Um, big yikes. So, as always, Michael, Elio. Elio, buddy. See ya. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much. Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.